So just a heads up, the sound quality in this episode is not the very best. By the way, I'm blaming Regan. It's totally his fault. I'm putting him under the bus right here. Tell him to go and buy a new mic if you are listening to this. Blast him in his DMs, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Tell him to go and buy a new mic. But yeah, well, we almost did not drop this, but we do not want to rob you guys of this insightful episode. So we hope you find a lot of insights from it. And apologies for the bad quality. We'll do better next time. And yeah, before I let you go, we recorded an episode with Ozenwa. Ozenwa is a Nigerian designer, one of the best designers in Africa. We recorded an episode with him last Thursday. I should drop somewhere in June. It's a mad episode, I can promise you that. So watch out for that. But yeah, sorry for this poor quality. And go enjoy this episode. When it comes to collaborating with cross-functional teams, I mean, we've all had a fair share of it. Working with a cross-functional team, it kind of helped me in terms of my communication because then you are working with diverse teams. They are not designers. So definitely you have to mind some of your vocab. You can't go with them if you are presenting a particular design to them and you start speaking this design jargon definitely they will not understand so you have to empathize with them in a in a sense that okay um these people what do they understand when it comes to um design leverage on that try and use their field to and kind of find a balance and explain things to them so personally it has improved the way i communicate my designs to them because yes i have to consider them in mind and one thing that also helps is the fact that they are coming from like different fields, right? So they have this diverse perspective. So everyone comes with this different idea. And for designers, you know how crucial this particular thing is where, let's say you are ideating and now you are you are stuck with a particular um, thought in mind. Here's the case when you, when you are collaborating with such team, you have people coming and chiming in with, different ideas here and then this kind of like shape the direction where you want to i mean go as a designer too so um i don't know who wants to also like share their experience on it but personally there's some of the things i can think of at the moment for me one of the things that i like about collaborating with such a team is that everyone has specific domain knowledge right the if it's a product manager, that that product that person has an idea of like the direction in which the entire project should go, right? The the various metrics and everything, right? So they know all of that, right? And then you as a designer, too, you have your own domain knowledge that you are bringing on board in terms of the solution that that um you are going to design. And then the engineers also have a fair idea in terms of the resources that are going to implementation, right? So. All of you just coming together to work on the project means that at the end of the day, everyone contributes and then everyone brings a unique offering to the table, right? Because you, let's say, as a designer, right, we all know you design something today, you wake, you sleep, you wake up, you'd want to change something here and there. You'd want, you always want to do something to improve it, right? You'd want to probably just go overboard, right? But then the, the engineers on the team, may know that if you are going this way, that way, this is the amount of resources that it will require. And probably with the deadline that we have to meet, 
it may not be feasible to go in this direction, right? So then you may have to make certain trade-offs here and there, right? So that's also like a good benefit of working with um, such a team. Everyone just has specific um, knowledge that they bring on board and then they make sure that they can push the project into a good place rather than if it was just one person working on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Sam and Regan, do you guys have anything to add? So with what Mark was saying, just to add to that. So one thing I like with the construct team is, you know, how, what he said, like everyone has specific domain knowledge, right? So as a designer, you, you kind of have a way of thinking, developers have a way of thinking, and product managers or the marketing team and all that. And for example, where we normally what happens is at the end of the week, we kind of jump on a call with the other team, people in the product team, developers and all that kind of go through the designs and every single time I kind of enjoy the feedback I get because it makes me see how even though I, thought it, I was able to get a solution on the head, I get different perspectives from each and every single individual. Sometimes I miss little details and then maybe this developer will be able to point it out. Let me know, okay, this one we can. So it kind of makes working fun and also um, broadening the solution so that not just kind of like one person doing everything. So that's one thing I like. Yeah, 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 I think everybody has said what is exactly, well, essentially what it is. Yeah, it's basically working with people like from different departments that may not necessarily be like the product team. The product team primarily consists of the designers and the PMs, right? So, I mean, now it's, it's, it's like a given. When you're a designer and working on a project, you definitely work with a PM directly. If you're not going to work with an engineer directly, even now, self. Working with engineers is also like a given now, you have to. So yeah, I mean, it's basically picking the ideas of people from different departments and also not just picking the ideas, but like how the the, the flow of the the things that need to be worked on come in. So, it's, I mean, if let's say a customer makes a complaint and whatever, and then the support team typically like log all those complaints, right? So let me give an example of one place I used to work. So I used to have weekly sessions with the support team where they have a, a log of all the customer complaints. So we go there, I mean, you meet with them and then we go through the, all the necessary problems and then we run the, uh, all the pain points and see which of them are like crucial to the experience and which ones are low hanging that we can quickly solve but have like the most impact. Right, so that's like one we. It's not always about you always getting a problem and then you working on it and sharing it with people to get their feedback. It's also like how you, the whole process begins of solving a problem. So once you get that, then you can have conversations with your PM or whatnot, and then they will make a decision on what to prioritize, what not to. You can go work on it, and then the whole cycle continues from there. Share with your engineers or discuss with your engineers even before starting to get feedback on feasibility share with other people to get their thoughts and yeah all that i'm pretty sure we'll speak more on that as we go along i also have a similar experience where we have this feedback board that normally customers go there they file in their complaints their experience so if it's a bad we have this category tag that we attach to it so by the end of the week the customer success team and the marketing team they have this um, rating thing where it's more like this forums you know you have upvotes and downvotes right? so the more a particular complaint is like higher on the vote 
the more we know that, okay, I have to actually pay attention to that. So sometimes that helps in the prioritization. But I, I want us to touch on the challenges because definitely we have to consider the context too because there are teams that don't have these systems in place. Talking about streamline, streamlining your work process, right? There are companies that don't do that. So in companies that don't have these things, definitely communication will be a challenge. And I'm sure most of us here have had that issue with communication, especially collaborating with um, these cross-functional teams. I'd like you guys to touch on that, um, what conflict it was and how you resolved it. So, well, again, just to use my workplace as an example, so then I get to the question. So normally, this is how the week goes. Monday, I kind of just go through what was done the previous week. If anything was left to be done, blah, blah, blah. If no, I just wait, wait for Tuesday. And Tuesday, I meet with a product manager before meeting with the development team. So I meet with a product manager. We go through what needs to be done, right? Uh, maybe there was some complaints from last week. Maybe we are working on something new. We basically go through everything uh, together with the product manager and then the state and CTO. Then on that same day, later on, we talk to the developer. Now, normally, just like you were saying, there might be some conflicting ideas. Uh, one thing I like was we always solve it by kind of going with um, good solutions. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. So maybe I'm um, suggesting idea A, and then the developer is saying, oh, let's go with idea B. Because we are kind of now talking about it, we are using words, no one is able to grasp what we are actually talking about. So normally, I kind of just go to the drawing board, do something that we come back to the team, we all go through together, and then decide, okay, this one works best, this one works best. In the case where we come back and then there's still the, the thing of um, this one works in this, this one works in this, and then everything. Normally, we kind of test um, what I like about the place I'm working right now is they have kind of road users on board. So then they were able to get people to talk to, right? It's a sports company. So then they were able to get people to talk to and then kind of steer from the users and then now make a final decision. And they're always open. I mean, the developer and the city with people, they're always open to what um, we get from um, kind of testing the product with users. So normally, when issues like that arise, you can say, because you can say, we're going back and forth. So this person will say this, this person will say this, this person will say this. Um, at the end of the day, there's not a final decision being made. So we kind of, so sometimes maybe a particular feature, we might have like three variations, get users and then kind of have them tested and then we make our decision based on that. In other, um, another conflict that sometimes arises, developmental staff, right? So maybe I develop the design, do the stuff, and then on the development side, it might be too complex, right? Because maybe something they want to ship in maybe like two weeks, maybe we'll take them maybe a month what I've actually done. So sometimes it kind of looks for a monotonous solution, which is similar to what we've developed, but then can be done faster. And of course, I understand the fact that, oh, they want to ship this maybe in two weeks. Sometimes they push the actual version to maybe the second version, and then for version one, do something that solves the solution, but then it's for to develop. So normally, it's communication that um, we used to solve this thing, but then again, we do actual tests to make a final decision. So I think some of the like the major issues be communication. So one example, um, in that past one of my roles, I was working with this person who was like a PM, a makeshift PM sort of. And yeah, she was trying to communicate. She, I mean, obviously she wasn't a designer, but she was trying to communicate to me using design terms 
right or what she thought to her design terms and then the things she was saying meant very different from what the actual term was as compared to what she understood it to be right so we <laughs> were constant scenarios where because i understood that term in a certain way like i did it a certain way but it didn't necessarily meet what she was expecting right so it was later on then i realized i was like wait what exactly do you mean by this thing that you're saying? I've forgotten the term she was talking about, but what exactly do you mean by this thing you're saying? And then she explained it. And I was like, yo, that's like, that's something very different, right? So I was like, from then I was like, don't try and talk like a designer because you're not a designer. You speak in like your own language. And if I don't understand, I'll ask you questions. Right. So that's like one of the major barriers is the communication. And also because it's in a remote world now, collaborating can be sometimes a bit difficult because you obviously have to reach out to the person via your messaging platform, whether it's Slack or Teams. And then you don't always get a response or that some of the cases if you do, it won't be on time. Right. And there's it's not like an office environment where you can easily walk into someone's or like to someone's desk and ask them a question. That's like one of the major challenges. You sort of have to rely on the person responding in time so you can take it from there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think for me, those are like some of the differences or the conflicts that I can think of. I mean, also because, again, if it's a remote setting and it's like an international team, obviously there's cultural differences from different like regions I mean, people. If people from Africa communicates differently from people from um, South America or Europe, Asia, whatever. So there's all that. Mister, Mister Ivy, do you have anything to touch on it? And before you also like say yours, I'd like you to also touch on this too. So, with regards to working with different people, like remotely, how do you normally go about it? Like, definitely there will be this time zone difference and uh, another issue that we've not really also considered is um, work style so definitely people some people you have some people in your team that have like this structured way of working and others are flexible and all that so we, we are looking at two instances here having a different work style and also time zone differences so looking at these two instances with Mike, how you go address this particular one? Um, okay. So me, time zone, right? For me, I work with people on site in the office. So literally we are all in the same time zone. If I need something, I just either turn around, tap the person or walk over to where they are, ask the question that I want to ask. And then I come back to sit down and continue with my work. So for me, time zone really day inside with like how I work. For me like this, right, I like to work very quietly. I did my one corner, I do my work. When I'm done or I'm stuck, then I'll reach out to someone. But I guess everyone is different. Some people just like to be able to do everything. Like they don't mind working and being interrupted and going back into the workflow for them is pretty normal. So I guess basically you, you just have to know who you work with, right? And then know how best to engage with them. Because for me, just like I said, because I like to work quietly and then be in my space and then do my work, if you are interrupting me, you know, regularly, I'll probably be upset with you. And then maybe one day just throw you in my mind. So yeah, just know who you work with and then see how best you can navigate that space. If 
the person that you work with doesn't mind being interrupted. You can obviously just like walk up to them and talk to them, but then if they mind being interrupted, you can just send them a text message via your communication channel and then wait for them to respond or something. I don't know if that they answer your work style question. Yeah, they answer, they answer. Because normally people don't consider these things. They feel like if I'm working this way, why are you not working that way? You get it. But sometimes they forget that what works best for you might not work best for another person. And that's something most teams don't consider, especially people at like the management level. Anyways, about the time zone differences, what I do is I look at the time for the other like teams I'll be collaborating with or the, if it's a dev or PM, I look at their time zone and kind of find this overlap, right? So that overlap maybe will be like an overlap of four hours where any collaboration work that I need to get done, I do it within those times. But then if let's say I wake up in the morning and I need to do something that doesn't really require their input, I start with that. But if it's anything collaborative, I normally eat, either I'm doing a Loom, Loom was it, recording, send it to them. So when they, when they come online, they see it, they make their comments. I also see it and make the changes. Or sometimes I leave out comments um, in the Figma file too, where they hop on it and see it. So depending on how your team's time zone is, you can actually find a specific time. Well, that works for me, so I don't know what works, but. I normally find this overlap where I try and use that time for any collaborative work. Um, Reagan, Sam, you guys today do remote work. How do you go about this? Well, do what's easy, no matter you do loom. When it comes to even working hours, um, we have about like four like different times. Sometimes as it be like one PM for me is that be the time one the product manager is starting to that's like eight PM seven. For the developer to be, for all the three developers to be around 5 36 p.m. for them and all that. So, well, me normally I just start my work around like 1 p.m., sometimes 12 or 11 p.m. for like the next couple of hours. But when it comes to presenting um, ideas or solutions and all that, because maybe sometimes after I come up with ideas, I sleep their things, I just do a link presentation and then share to them. You know how you can make comments. Um, sometimes too, I kind of just um, maybe take a screenshot of whatever I said and then maybe add. If it's not something like this, a video, just add um, a text explanation, right? Then then come back and start the solution and all that. And one thing I was always pushing for when I was trying this thing was uh, making sure my Figma was structured in a way that no matter who opens it, they don't get missing um, in the file, right? You know how normally we just depict everything how for for this is just after review and now um and so i structure them in a way that if the developer will be having the stakeholders if the anybody they see access now even a marketing team and actually that's worked because i do them in a way that you come and know what you're going to do to assess so yeah to answer your question me normally i do the room and things they just present to them give their feedback in the day and then continue from there. My, my other question is, let's say you are from 
a different, okay, you, you switch, you switch jobs, right? And you go to a different team and you notice that their way of working is kind of like different from what you are used to. And you've made it known to them, but they are resistant to the change. In that case, do you adapt to their working style, which probably might not favor you because you don't work that way? Or do you cope with them for some time, then you find a new place? How do you go handle such situation? Do you stay and fight the good fight? Or do you hang around for some time and then leave? So depending on... Like where I am, if I feel like fighting, okay, in the beginning, of course, I'll fight, obviously, because I can't just leave, get up and leave because things aren't the way I want them to be or the way I would like them to be. So obviously, like, they fight, not necessarily like fight, fight, but yeah, you just like dropping suggestions here and there as to how things can be improved, right? So then you just continue chipping things in here and there. But then if they see the importance of what you're pushing for, obviously, they'll start to you know, adapt and add it into their career's process, right? And if you see something like this, then you know that, okay, cool. This is a good place to be. And then you can continue pushing for things. You can continue the good fight. But then if you push, 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 and then nothing is changing, it might be a good time to jump ship. Leaving should always be the last, you know, the last resort. I agree. I agree to my concerns, but not 100%. Because, well, there's no agree to it in the first like the previous place, I was going to put it. I don't think Mike was here, but I will really be talking about here. He's in there, Sam, that they tell you about how then they distress me and all that, right? And I was trying to fight for a change, and eventually, that's not happened. I left. But then, um, that company, I would have stayed if, let's say, no, I should start me, but the steady gig decided to double the salary, like 200%. I don't get a problem. Because the things I was trying to fight for, like maybe working on me. Which of the Saturday and Sunday. And if you double the salary, <laughs> if you double the salary, I feel like, okay, fine. Um, um, that's kind of a challenge because it's taking care of me working on the Saturday and Sunday, right? But even that was really becoming a problem. So, me, um, yes, for beginning, like someone say, you try to push, push, push for change. If um, maybe what's the things you are trying to go for is not being made and all that, then leave it there. An option. But then again, there are some places of working where adapted to their working environment. And that is not, because um, if we are talking about working environment, it may differ. But maybe some place, um, they use this process, some place, if you use that process to not be anything, because they are used to the search process, they don't want to change the second um, process. So me, something like that, if we did, let's say, this house working before, and this company is poor, we don't use this, we use this, and um, I feel like, oh, because sometimes it's even an opportunity to learn something you really understand. For example, I work with my lecturer, the kind of working environment that I said is different from how um, I currently work in Arasu. So they adapt to, you know, several working environments if I feel like, oh, there's something that is worth it. But, but if it's something where they, they, they drain me and all that, and I know they see the good and they're not willing to also double their salary for me, which is like, or maybe give me like a sharp benefit, then living it good. And Based on what Regan was saying, right, that um, he, he, there are places where you have to adapt, right? Some of the things, of course, you'd have to adapt. Maybe let's say, let's bring in tools, for example. If you are used to maybe using Figma and you go somewhere in that place, they use Sketch 
right? And then maybe you're not comfortable with Sketch. Obviously, you'd have to adapt because you can't say they should switch to Figma just because you like using Figma, right? But then if like, like the, the, sorry, if their current process is a hindrance to your workflow, right? If it's a strong hindrance, it's not, you know, bringing the best of you and all those things, then those are the things that you'd have to fight for. But then you can't just get up and be picking any random fights just because, you know, like you want something else. Yeah, where designers, most designers be emotional. I don't know why. They feel like everything should go their way. Anyway, that's just. So the thing are we saying environment as in company culture or environment as in work tools or methods that the company already applies? So it's everything. So be it culture, work processes, whatever. If it's different and it's not helping you, do you adapt or, or you, you hang out sometime before you leave which ones are you looking at let's say the ones you are looking at when it comes to adapting and the ones maybe when it happens you really not give a second thought to it so i mean from i mean if it's the method or the tools like a figma or sketch thing michael was talking about it that one you typically know before the interview self because it's to be written in the job description so if you know that you can't use what's it is they've listed there then it's either you make it clear during the interview or you start learning if you are still interested in working for the company for the for the culture again it's from experience you can tell these things from the interview phase by asking the right questions you might not fully grasp the whole picture until like you actually join the company to fully understand the situation on the ground but some of the things you can tell right before you join a company by asking questions during the interview phase again it goes back to all the things we've been saying about interviewing not being a one-way street it's not them doing you a favor to give you a job and pay you money you are also doing you a favor because you are come to make them money they need you they well not necessarily you per se but they need the someone to come and help them solve a specific need or they need a certain skill sets to help them solve something. So it's like a two-way street. So you, it's also, you also have to ask the right questions to understand how the company works. And the ask, asking the right questions is it's, it's solely up to you. You need to like understand what are important to you and what are the things that's like um, you don't mind um, adapt, adapting to and the things that are like non-negotiables. For my instance like this, when I was joining a new company, me, I, I, I mean, I had to go through some experiences to understand, fully understand the things that I don't want. So I asked questions along those lines, like in terms of mental health and how the team works, in terms of like the number of calls they do and like all those things. Because I mean, just like Michael was saying, well, I don't know if that part we go Adam to one or not. But I don't like a lot of calls. So for me, those things are like important to me because I don't want to be in a situation where people just get in the habit of jumping on calls all the time without actually doing the work or leaving room for people to do the work. And then they will expect you to use your own personal time to do the work, right? So those questions were important to me and along with other things. So I asked those questions just to get a good understanding of how that company operates and if it aligns with what I want, right? Again, I know Reagan was saying that if they double the salary for him, 
he would have stayed. I, I mean, I, I don't understand the situation fully, so maybe that will work for him. But then again, if you are in a situation where it's like, for me personally, anything that has to do with like mental health, me non-negotiable. I I just go bounce. I I won't I won't think twice. Fuck you and your money. I'll just bounce. Uh, that'll be hard. I won't I won't think that'll twice because be yeah, if if it has to do with my mental health and my well-being. I won't think twice because if you keep tolerating it and you don't adapt, maybe you try to adapt, you can't adapt and people can adapt. But if you are seeing that it's not helping you and there's, you are, there's no way you're adapting to it, it will just fuck you up. You won't be able to work and in the end, them go fire you, right? Because you won't be at your best to do the best work. And you don't want that on your record that you've been fired, right? Because if you're not doing the work, then would we'll let you go. So why not if the people are also not doing their parts to ensure like their the employees are like in a good position? Why are you giving them a, like a second chance, or are you like giving them? Some people don't give second, like some people give like ten chances, twenty chances, just to see if things will go wrong. Don't be like our parents who will be in one company for twenty five years and not be promoted and say, "Oh, I want to be loyal to the company or not." If you slag them, we fire you. And it has been clear from the recent layoffs that we've, we've been seeing happening all over the world, right? The money, eh, I can tell you from a fact that you always like. <laughs> it's not again. That's why I disagree with. What Regan was saying about if they double their money, because you always be paid better. There, there will always be a place to pay you better, right? Again, I don't understand your situation, so you can do whatever you want. So far as you feel like that's the best thing for you, but don't be so focused and say, "Oh, this is for me." They are paying me well, or they are paying me right. So make adjustments. There will always be a place that will pay you better. And the core thing that you need to understand is that it's your skill sets. So focus on developing your skill sets, and once you get to the point where you feel strongly like, "Oh, Charlie." I can do this thing. I can do this thing. It, it's, I think it comes with growth. You have to just experience some things to be in that mindset of not tolerating some things from um, certain environments, right? And be able to like confidently walk away from things and know that you, there will be a better place for you where you be compensated very well and treated like very well too. So it's not like it's one or the other, like, oh, if they pay me well and you don't treat me right, it's fine. It's the money that I want. If your brain is fucked up, you won't be able to enjoy that money. I'm, I'm telling you. There's always a better option. Like, no matter what, there's always a better option. People always get, like you said, they have this mentality where they feel like, um, I don't know my one, like, that be it. But I bet you, if if you start looking elsewhere, you, you notice that, Charlie, why should you more Anyways, yeah, Reagan. Okay, so, I mean, what I'm saying is 100%. Just to clarify, one, I said, if they were willing. Now, it was not a situation now, like again, mental health, as it taught me, it's important to everybody, right? So you know, being a, uh, in a company where you're being paid huge sums of money and then you're not in the right state of mind um, to work, right? But now, another thing, I mean, I agree with every single thing you say, right? But then you don't, you, don't, you don't just stand up and then just leave a company. Like you said, you are always, there's always like more out there. People do the mistake of thinking that, oh, this place is stay for long, then go pay me, blah, blah, blah. Now, in my scenario or the previous place I was talking about, if they were willing to double the salary, I was willing to stay because it was not something that was like that deep. You didn't get to that toxic, oh, I'll not be able to work or watch out, watch out. But then eventually, you got to the point where I left because I was like, oh, now, nah, I said, I already need a break. So, because I took, I, I resigned without having a certain job. You understand? So, it's not like the money is so, so important, but I was saying that. If there's something to kind of just calm it down and okay, well, sure, no problem. I'm I'm willing to maybe jump on a, a meeting on Saturday maybe for 
normally they may think that we're having a Saturday like two, one or something like that. Really. So it's not like it's all about the money necessarily, but then looking at the situation, if it's something that's giving me more benefit to make me stay, why not? I don't know if you get where I'm coming from. I'm not saying somebody should go and stay somewhere and take him and uh, let's say three times to your actual salary and then your mental health your mental health is messed up. I, I mean, I guess so you, maybe it's that. for um, you, it's, it's, what's the right word? Is it tolerable or tolerable? Whatever. Like you can tolerate it if they pay you the right amount. Yes. Right. But for, well, again, again, for me and uh, things I've seen and the experience I've been through, me no amount of money. Right. And again, maybe it comes from the mindset I've, that I've always been in. Right. I never like, I've never taken a decision based on money because I feel like, and maybe again, it's about the mindset. I feel like money is one of the easiest things you can get because it, it, all, it all goes back to you as an individual, right? How you think and your skill set, how you improve yourself, the money will come, right? So I've, I've never made a decision in my life solely focused on money, right? So that is it for me where I work now, right? People, and even personally, I work on weekends, right? It's not like I don't work on weekends, eh, Friday, five o'clock in my poem. No, I do work on weekends, right? But I will never come on a call, right? Before I work, I mean, people will stand up and say, oh, over the weekend I did this, over the weekend I did that. And I'll be like, yo, don't come and be saying these things on calls. Like, me, I'll go work on weekend, right? But I will never come on a call and come and say that over the weekend I did this or last night I did that. Even if I did, right? The reason being that I don't want new people who come into the company to feel like, yeah, this is something that is normal. So in the case where they are struggling, they don't understand why, why, why like, um, people are expecting them to work on holidays and things. It become, it, they feel like they have to because that's what everybody is doing. Even So we, I will never say it, even though I work on weekends. I will never come on a call and come and say, over the weekend I did this, last night I did that, or last night I was on a call for this long with this person. Even if that was what I will never say that because I don't want other people who join the company to come and pick it up. I feel like that is a normal thing because that's one thing that I experienced in my one of my previous roles, right? So again, I, f I feel like c companies sh should... I, I know this topic is sort of going off track a bit, right? But for me, personally, there's no amount of money <laughs> that should like... You, you shouldn't sacrifice. I don't feel like you should ever sacrifice your uh, well-being you know or something is, for money. Levels to it. I, I just want to add that there's levels to it because... The kind, some don't instruct me, the kind of level where you've got to, and I'm saying this to just clarify things, the kind of level where you've got to, if maybe right now the place you are working, they kind of do one, two, three, um, because you could just pack your bag and then leave. But then again, there are people that are just getting to the space. I'm not saying that go and work in a company that is going to mess up your mental health, right? Or a company that is just going to straight you out. But then sometimes that's how I was saying that when Mike, Mike said that, leave now saying that it's not always the case because sometimes you have to probably maybe just sit down for a while and then maybe because again some microwave that statement something has to pay their bills you know if you just you know or because they are shifting you one or two this thing then just leave i don't know if you can say there's levels to it you get to a point where you don't even want one unnecessary uh issue with or maybe stress or anything but then again you just started then shift you want to know you pack your things you go sit out how long is it going to take you to even get out of job or free time yes the opportunities are there and all that but then the car car uh, how do you say it hey what i'm trying to say <laughs> what i'm trying to <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that at the end of the day it all comes to kind of like tricking time and then making a decision because for example me right now somebody's messing up my mental health where i did i will pack my thing because i know that oh 
in less than a week, can get job. I mean, that's what happened in the previous place. But then again, if you just get and you just started, and then there's just one to packet, there's just one to packet, looking at even the current working environment and how they are safe, they are cleaning more job maybe and this will really off time. Yeah, let's not dive too completely. Oh. But yeah, I, I think I get where Reagan is coming from and also where Sam is coming from. But yeah, like both of you guys are coming from like different, but it's still the same thing, right? It's still the same thing. Because at the end of the day, if let's say I'm a newbie, I come fresh, I enter this job, then, then they stress me out mentally. There's this number of times like, duration I feel tolerate because I don't want this set of skill. So as I know get time now, if let's say I quit immediate, it will be difficult for me to get a job. Unlike people that are really skilled. That one you know say oh then fuck you up now you you will get another one. You bab. So sometimes it's just like the individual where you find yourself at that point in time. Then you go, you go, you go take your decision based on that. Because I remember, I remember I had to um, tolerate this lady, Mike Gonoam, this NGO be now we they work for. I had to tolerate her for three months. Three months, the reason why it was three months because I needed that particular experience to get another job. Because they were looking for that working experience sort of thing. So I had to volunteer. So they... She wasn't paying me anything, but now she distressed me. So I just had to tolerate her for that three months. Then Charlie, I finished her move. But I wasn't really concerned. Like I didn't take things to hearts like that because now my mind, I think differently. But sometimes if we push the agenda, say, oh, small thing, a bounce, then yawa, because you, you have to consider where you are as a designer, developer. Like what Jeff did talk for instance, right? Then me and Jeff did at the same time. Right. Me, as I said, I won't leave. I literally just picked, packed my bags where I left. But then in Jeff's in case, he had to wait for like the three months before leaving. So then even if you look at it, we're all going through the same thing. But if you look at it, everyone had like different reasons. So yeah. So at the end of the day, either it could be the school you want to learn, money that you want to make or whatever, you'd still have to think about just leaving. You still have to think about leaving very carefully. Right, because once you decide, once you leave, whatever you're looking for is done. You're not going to get it from there anymore. So you have to think about it very, very carefully. Let me just add this before Sam comes in. Some people, they use, again, like, see, everybody here, um, right? Like we've seen, everybody wants to be in the right state of mind to work. But then some people use their excuses of, um, oh, my mental health, my mental health, my mental health, to kind of do the bare minimum. Like, they did, they did a company and they have to give, let's say, 110%. And they are thinking about their men. Like Sam was saying, he sometimes works on weekends, right? I mean, but then you don't have to come and jump on the court to see. But some, both, some, some small stress be their mental health. Like, can they not be a company company? Like, you need to give, I don't know if, I, I wish I could say, talk to their chief. Like, I don't know if they're best at the but, <laughs> but, like, they, they are using their mental health as excuses not to go all out. That's not to say kill your phone for a company, but just to feel like, like, like we are saying, it's a journey. Know where you are at your career and then make decisions based on that. Then go join the company because they should you want to. And then, like, if it's important to me, like Mike said, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a matter of whether you're in for the money 
or learn the skill or so you, you decide based on that it is but yeah, but they will go off topic. So let's just pause and <laughs> it's, it's not really off topic. It's it's just the challenges part when it comes to you joining a team that has um was it different because then you are collaborating. It's you are working in a collaborative team. But here's the case: their culture is different or their way of work is different. So in that case, how do you go about it? So. It's not really, really off topic per se, you develop. Anyway, Sam, you touch on this then make we wrap up. Yeah, so I mean, just like I've always been saying for time, don't listen to anybody online and we are part of the people online and take anything you are saying and come and go and apply it to yours. Because we are going through some shit. So it's 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 been a journey and I've understood the things I like, the things I don't want to tolerate. Right. So in your case, it could be very different. It could be that you are starting. You need to experience it. You need to experience some things to understand what you like, what you don't like. It's just like a child who is growing up. You need to experience salt. You need to like taste salt. You need to taste sugar to know the difference between the two and know which ones you like, which one you don't like. You get it. You have to go through the experience, be burnt by the fire and then learn from it. So yeah, you don't, don't just take anything you are saying here and use it for your life. Right. You you need to experience it, go through it. My journey show, be burnt by the fire and then you come out to be a better person. You get it. So don't just come in because we are, or I am saying, or we are saying that uh, if um, they are stressing you, maybe it's time for you to think to leave. It could be that you probably need the experience, right? You need to stay for longer so you can have that experience on your resume. Again, you have to think about a bigger picture. The company is using you to make money. So you need to find ways of gaining value from that company too. So it's not always about the paycheck you're getting at the end of the month, right? Some companies, having some company's name on your CV will open better doors for you, right? So it's about playing the game too. Again, life is a game. It's about playing the game too and knowing how long you can tolerate this for to have this on your, the, at least this experience or this company on your resume. And then once you go into a different interview, you can speak on some of the things you did at that previous company uh, to get you into that next door, right? It was the same for me. I had to tolerate some things so I could get some experience and then work on some projects so I can use that to get better opportunities. But yeah, don't just listen to anybody you hear online. Find your context and understand your context and know what works for you. All right, all righty, all righty. Reagan and Mike, you people, you people. I did give you people one minute, one minute. Talk what you want. Okay, so me... I wanted to say to you, uh, the first one said, it was about the designers being emotional, but we've gone away from that. So just to add to this, sometimes, um, again, I worked with my lecturer when I was on campus and after and everything, and the working environment there being like partial, like fast and everything, because the kind of clients he gets, they, you know, let me not get into that. Like they need, they need their things faster, right? Now that's place then I know they enjoy them at the beginning but then what that did for me was that it kind of built me up for what was coming ahead so for example currently I think here's the last time as we go chop food and we talk about this we then we'll give you a tax and then to them the tax is split but because of how I kind of started it looks small to me so I'm able to finish that within let's say the shortest time possible and then move on to the next thing or another so sometimes you find yourself in a place and then that time is to kind of change like someone was saying Maybe you know, because the company is using it to make money, so you also have to make sure you're getting something from it, that they're learning from it, and then 
um, I mean, get that experience and then now you go through decide what they want and all that. Because personally, that kind of built me up for for some stuff. Yeah, 10 seconds, I'm done, I'm done. Pick your thing. Yeah, so that would be it for <clears throat> this episode. I hope you guys like learned a lot from this. And like some always say, make you not take this as the gospel truth. Just do what works best for you. That one, yeah, we always go talk. So make sure that, Charlie, if this thing or the work give you, you try and avoid it. Do what works best for you. And yeah, with the collaboration in conclusion, then yeah, and they say, it they help in terms of the you getting new perspectives and it also helps in communication because definitely because of these conflict that you experience definitely you improve your communication skills also help streamline workflow processes and all that so yeah that would be it for this episode anyway don't forget to challenge subscribe to our youtube channel so yeah if you don't know we've, we've recently created an account we post our episodes there with transcribe we've transcribed everything so yes hop on to our youtube channel and subscribe and also instagram twitter linkedin accounts the design junkies you have a personal profiles in there you can follow us as well so yeah that would be it for this episode catch you guys on the next one peace